You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Welcome back for another episode of Televise Heroics. Daniel, we just got back from Phoenix Comic Fest, and man, was it an interesting weekend. Yeah, it was uh, loads of fun, um, and I'm having con withdrawals, but why do you say it was an interesting weekend? No, I just mean it's a, it's an interesting time. It's, conventions are always a fun time, and uh, you know this one with its uh, new way of doing things, I guess, just because of uh, the scare from last year is just... It was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, um, that was. I just gonna say that the new security setup was definitely really painless and never took me more than five minutes to get inside. Yeah, no, most of the time it was, yes, yeah, real quick, simple, uh, and very thorough. Yeah, it was a nice, quick, um, you know, uh, I don't even know how to call it, but process. There we go. <laughs> Um, but what what were some of the things, some of your highlights from this past weekend? Um, some of my highlights would definitely have to, um, definitely is, um, you know, bragging that I met Scott Snyder and, uh, took a picture with them at the hotel, um, that my friend was staying at. Yeah. Scott Snyder was there. Uh, him and Greg Capullo were there this weekend to, uh. I mean, go over what's going on over at DC, but I, I would assume mostly for talking about uh, the events of Dark Knight's Metal. Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah. What I mean, did you? Uh, yeah. What What did you think of uh, that 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 event? Um, I man, I I wish I um, got a chance to go to the panel, but uh, the panel was pretty much at capacity, so you know I got turned away at the door. What did you think of the comic book event? The comic book event? Yeah, the comic book itself. Dark Knight Metal. Dark Knight's Metal. I, oh, I still haven't read it. I have all the issues, but I still haven't read it yet. Ah, uh, I mean, I would have. It would have been a great thing to to be in the panel. Yeah, I didn't get to go to the panel either. Um, honestly, I had just forgotten which day it was. I thought it was going to be on Sunday, and uh, told, but it was on Saturday. I think was it on Saturday? I thought it was on Friday. See, I still don't even know what day it was on. E- right. Either way, yeah, um, I had I had read all all of Metal, and I would have liked to have heard what they had had to say if they you know threw any extra in there. Yeah, that's true. And um, even it sucks. Even if you wanted to go get an autograph, the wait um, was at least a freaking hour long. So even then. You know, for those fans, I couldn't make it to the panel. Didn't really have a chance to uh, meet any of them because their line was ridiculously long. Yeah, that's one thing I don't like doing when I go to a convention is is, is having it turn into a line con. I don't really feel like just waiting in lines for stuff. So I always have a fun time just walking the walking the floor itself. So uh, that's yeah, what I'm here. Um, that's uh... oh, go ahead. 
No, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you know, if you're stuck in line, you know, waiting for an autograph or, you know, just to do like a photo, um, you know, with your favorite celebrity or one of your favorite celebrities, it uh, pretty much, and you're there for an hour, pretty much takes away from the whole con experience. So I agree with you. Yeah, exactly. I, I always have a, like I said, I always have a good time just walking the floor. And that's pretty much what I did most of the three, yeah. four days that I was there. I did that as well. And what's up? Oh, I just said that was what I did three, the, the four days that I was there. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much I did the same thing. I went to a couple of panels, um, but majority of the time I was uh, walking the floor. And I just got to say, it's uh, this weekend went by way too quick. Oh, yeah, it really did. Uh, which makes returning back to work, you know, all that much harder. Yeah. <sighs> Hopefully next year. I get my con fix again, uh, big con fix again anyway. And uh, what what panels is it that did you go to? Uh, the Dan Fogler one, um, the Cowboy Bebop, which was uh, Steve Bloom and um, Mary Elizabeth, um, who is his uh, fiance. Um, I went to... So, oh, we went to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel. So, so first is uh, Steve Bloom, though. Steve Bloom... If you don't listen, don't watch uh, anime or Cowboy Bebop. He was also he's the gentleman that's on uh, a, a Fear the, or on the Walking Dead. Uh, no. Oh, Steve Bloom is not on the Walking Dead. Who am I thinking of? Um, I don't know. I thought, actually, I thought there was some voice actor that's also was on the the Walking Dead. He was part of the Alexandrians. Oh, was it? I must have missed him then. Oh no, I just thought it was some guy that you not I don't know if he was there. I'm just saying that it's there's isn't there a guy that you know that you talk to? That I gotta talk to? Yeah. This at this con? No. Just in general. I don't know. It's okay. We're spending way too much time on it. We'll we'll skip to the next thing. Uh okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um but yeah, we went to a fan panel of uh, the Agents of Shield. That was uh, that was interesting to hear what other fans had to say about the show. What 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 they were caught up on. What what they thought were was going to happen in the sixth season. Um, now that we know it's going to be a short season, and on the other side of Avengers four, pretty much a lot of speculation. It seems like. I mean, obviously, that's all that anybody has because there's, there hasn't been any uh, released information about this season and the, where the show is going to be headed. Yeah, there's still not a lot of info. I don't even know what, what's going to happen, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, was there anything in uh, particular that you heard at that panel that you thought would be an interesting turn of events in, in S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh, um, I liked how the moderator said, you know, they could... Uh, you know, bring Coulson back for one more ride, but basically be repeating, you know, what happened uh, in season five. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's yeah, that's kind of what he was saying. And yeah, I think the last time we're going to see Coulson in a major role will probably be in Captain Marvel. Um, if he does show up in season six, it will be like videos of him before he passed away. Or maybe a dream sequence or something like that. I doubt we'll see him as a live character again in season five, season six. Right, flashbacks, possible yeah. hologram message. Right. I don't know. 
Exactly. So, uh, I also went to the Dan Fogler um, panel with you, and uh, I have to say, I did not know that he was a Tony Award-winning actor. I did not know he was on Broadway and in and, and live theater and stuff like that. Right. Um, that really surprised me. He's a multi-talented man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think probably the first thing that I ever saw him in would, would probably be Fanboys, but uh, I'm not sure if that was the that came out first or if Balls of Fury came out first. Ah, uh, uh, sure, that's a good question. But uh, yeah, I don't know what what came out first either. Yeah, I would say that you know um, he's probably more well known for his uh, Fantastic Beast role now. Um, but I do love him on the the Goldbergs too, and he had he had lots of stories to say from all those things. And also, yeah, as you said, multi talented. He wrote a comic book that he was handing out and yeah. directed a movie that he was handing out to people who answered who asked questions. Yeah, um, and his comic book uh, looks uh, pretty pretty violent. Cause, uh, and he did say, you know, kids, you know, if you're not above the stage, you can't get one. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you ended up going up and asking a question and uh, uh, got yourself a free comic book from him. What did you? Yep. Uh, what was the question that you asked? Um, I just asked him, um, you know, how did he first get involved in all his voiceover work? So. Excuse me. What what uh what has he done is for voiceover? Uh, he's done a couple of things on Robot Chicken. Um, he is one of the Wickersham brothers in um, um the Doctor Seuss uh, movie with the Horton Hears a Who. Mm. And uh, he's done a couple of their uh, movies and sh- animated shows as well. So, um, yeah, that's why I went up there and felt like asking him, and his answer was pretty much like. You know, I had to make a ma- name for myself. I had to be a multi-talented, you know, man and, you know, win, win uh, a Tony and, you know, be in a couple of shows. So pretty much that's how uh, he got into it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I ended up coming up with a question that I could have asked him, but that I didn't come up with it till, till almost the end of the panel. So uh, it never uh, – I, I didn't have an opportunity to go up there and ask because it, w- it wouldn't have been – it wouldn't have had enough time, but – I think what a good question would have been was uh what uh what what are your question would have been uh the good I think what would he have asked him I think would have been a good question would have been uh, now with the resurgence of the the new uh, Star Wars movies you know this new prequel and all these standalone movies what what's the likelihood of getting another fanboys movie Oh that'd be awesome right I could I mean wouldn't you like to see where those characters are and how what they think of these new uh, these new movies as they're coming out yeah definitely so uh but that's unfortunate that i didn't think about it until way too late yeah there was probably like 10 minutes left in the panel and yeah that line was long yeah um i also went to the greg grunberg uh uh panel which was pretty awesome he you know i he probably came onto my radar for hero when heroes came around i i know i'd seen him in things before that but uh uh, that's probably the biggest role for me for him, but uh, just about everything that I see him in, I always always enjoy him. I always think that he's a he, he's a talented actor. And uh, if you don't yeah, know, I had an, uh, go ahead. I was just say if you don't know who Greg Grunberg is, you you do know his face. Just you just go look him up, and you'll be like, oh, that guy. Yeah, you've seen him in a lot of things, and pretty much anything J.J. Abram does, J.J. Abram puts him in because uh, the two of them have been friends since they were four. Yeah. Um, that's actually what I was going to comment too, but yeah, I beat me to it. Um, 
but yeah, um, as soon as you said his name, you started listening to movies. I was like, oh, I know who he is now. Right. <laughs> yep. And uh, I actually got, did get up and ask a question in his panel because he was in a very short-lived show on NBC. Um, I want to say back in 2012. It was an anthology show. It was called Love Bites. It was an anthology show about uh, little love stories and stuff like that, where um, every Ooh. episode, they all had a loose connection to each other. It was kind of, they all kind of uh, existed within a small group of people, but they, not, not episode to episode, they weren't connected kind of thing. There wasn't a through plot line, okay. I should say, but it was so, all it was all about love problems and, and love lives and stuff like that. And in the first episode, the pilot episode, he's in it, and him and Craig Robinson are on a plane, and uh, as they sit in, in coach, uh, essentially someone in first class wants to switch seats with them because they can't be in first class for whatever reason. And he told this story about uh, about filming this episode, and he said... He said, uh, one of the great things, because what I had asked him was like, you know, do you have any great stories from Love Bites? Because it's one, it was one of my favorite shows and it was very short lived and, you know, there wasn't, it, you had such an, a, a great cast. And he said, he was talking about how on the, oh, okay. the original pilot episode, he, his wife was played by, uh, Pamela Adlon. But then, uh, later on when the show got picked up, they, uh, Pamela Adlon had to go do film another show. So they got her another. He, they got him someone else to play his wife, and it was Constant Zimmer. And for whatever reason, they just thought that the two of them look alike, so no one would notice. And uh, it, he just thought that was funny. But then in the episode that he's in, one of the episodes that he's in, he's uh, he he goes to sit in first class because the person wanted to switch seats with him, and it ends up being Jennifer Love Hewitt that wants to sit next. That ends up sitting next to him, and and even though he's married, she's offered up you know, wanting to join the mile high club with him and, uh, you know, it, it'd be, it'd be okay. And essentially she's on his, you know, celebrity it's okay list with his wife. So, uh, he's, he's debating the whole episode <laughs> of whether or not he's going to go and join the mile high club with her in the, in the, in the restroom. And I believe if I remember correctly, he never does it because he, he'd rather just stay loyal to his wife. Oh, that's sweet. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a great. It was a great little panel. It was very intimate. Um, that was one of the things that I thought was very interesting about the celebrity panels this year. They they did away with the long desk and the barrier on the stage and stuff like that. They kind of have like a round table, like a, just a small round table, and uh, the the moderator and they're kind of just sitting there at the table and they're very much facing the audience. And if the guest wants to, you know, r walk around or whatever, they can like. Uh, I, I know you weren't there, but I went to the Michael Rooker panel and Rooker never stayed on the stage. He literally walked around and just grabbed random people and asked them if they had a question. And, uh, he eventually got to the people that were in line to ask him questions, but he just walked down the line instead of, uh, you know, letting them talk into the microphone. So he was all over the place and very crazy. He gave out, uh, like one answer, one word answers and they were you know, uh, either they could have either been taken seriously, but more than likely they were all just joke answers. So, uh, you didn't really get any serious so, answer from them, but they were funny. Okay. So was it like, kind of like yes or no. And then be like, you know, I haven't thought about it that way. And then just kind of like walked off. Yep. Essentially that's exactly what it was. If someone said, uh, you know, how would, uh, how would Merle handle, um, 
Negan. Since, you know, Merle in The Walking Dead was was dead by the time Negan came about. Uh, okay. So, the first thing he said out of his mind is like, Merle doesn't handle any man. So, it, it it's kind of a joke <laughs> about not being gay. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, there would be like, there'd be questions like, uh, how would, you know, how was it working at, you know, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, who's the bigger badass, um, Merle or Yondu? And he'd be like, ah, you know, they're both great characters. It doesn't really matter. And, uh, then it would be like, uh, would you go and do another Marvel movie? And he said, yes. And then, you know, walked away. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> You know, it's just it's it's ridiculous. They and gave then, me money, so yes. So yeah, exactly. That's it. And he brought that up a lot. He said, "Yes, if they're going to give me money, I would do it." And and he'd say like, uh, uh, "Someone asked, well, what's your next project?" And he says, "I have nothing right now. I am unemployed." And he said, "So it's just things like that." He was talking about how when they would do things like um, when they were filming The Walking Dead, uh, and you know he he they would be filming all week long and then when the weekend came he would be like uh you know i'm just going to i'm just going to stay around in town and and just relax and you know stay in my hotel room kind of thing and then they would look at the the producers would look at um the internet on saturday or sunday or whatever and be like oh michael rooker appears to be at some convention somewhere in another state and he they would call him up and be like what are you doing uh you need to be careful you can't just leave and he's like ah, i'll be back don't worry kind of thing <laughs> so sounds awesome <laughs> it was it was a it was an interesting panel uh, yeah i uh heard some other stories from people that were there on the bra page but yeah that's pretty awesome that sounds like a good time yeah, the only other person, you know, I found interesting, the only other person that I've ever seen do that, and that was like, I think it was at Phoenix Comic Con two years ago? Yeah, I think it was two uh, years you're ago. You're thinking about Michael Rosenbaum, aren't you? Yeah, I was going to say, Michael Rosenbaum did the exact same thing, and I think it was about two years ago. Last year. Was it last year? Because, it, yeah, maybe it was last year, because that was the year that you talked to Gabriel Luna, right? Right. Yeah, because you were in Gabriel Luna when I was in Michael Rosenbaum. Yep. And since the two of them have worked together on Guardians of the Galaxy, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if you know one of the one of the two got one one of them got the idea from the other one. Oh, that could be it. Because um, I saw Michael Rooker when they first brought him a couple of years ago, and uh, he was sitting at his you know his table um, on stage, and he didn't run around and stuff, so. Hmm. Well, this is very interesting. Now, yeah, I think one of the so, very interesting things about Phoenix Comic Con is that there are a lot of like uh, fan base panels. I guess I should say uh, for a uh, what makes what makes, what makes it them a, interesting. Well, I just <laughs> think that it's interesting that there are there are so many. Like, there's no official person oh, from, yeah. from any one of those type of things. Like, you know, you'll have, it's essentially just a bunch of fan meetups. It's, it's people getting together to discuss the show or the movie or the book or the comic book or, or the, you know, anime, whatever it, whatever it happens to be. And maybe there's a fun spin on it of, of, uh, who would you date in the supernatural universe kind of thing in, or, uh, 
what's the the next villain of the year in you know the CW kind of thing. It's just all very uh, speculate speculative, and you know maybe it might be some people that are a little bit in the in, into more of cyber investigation of, of digging through all the articles and stuff that come out and, and stuff like that. They're probably the ones that are going to moderate and, and, and uh, 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 spearhead the, the panel. But most of the time, it's just a bunch of fans getting together to talk about stuff, which I, I would say that's ex- what, you know, a con is supposed to be in the first place, right? Right. Bunch of fans getting along, having, you know, um, discussions that don't turn into heated arguments. Um, yeah. Um, everybody getting along with each other, respecting each other and, you know, hearing what the other party has to say. And again, most importantly, hanging out. Uh, the one thing that we didn't get to do this year, um, I, I think was because it was the, the masquerade and it was because of an unfortunate event of someone pulling a fire alarm and, you know, the place having to be evacuated for hours on end. Uh, it, so the, the, the masquerade got canceled from Saturday night and moved to set Sunday afternoon. And I personally was already gone by that time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we extended our stay, um, that night because uh, we had a couple of events, um, after the con on Sunday going on in downtown. So, um, I was basically moving from one room to the other room and also, on the exhibitor hall, just getting a couple of last minute things as well. Awesome. Was, uh, was there any else, anything else you wanted to bring up about the con? What, what, any ex- other experiences? Uh, or, I'm sorry, I not think, the con, the fest. Uh, the fest, <laughs> right. That kept getting so confusing for everybody. Even the guests were, you know, like celebrity guests were kept saying con they're like never mind it's fest yes the celebrity guests and the and the moderators and stuff oh i want to say that i also went to the ming na uh panel this year and she was right she was pretty amazing too so that was that was awesome of her to come come back after she had to cancel last year i wish uh, i gotta go to that one but uh yes and and then they also announced on the last day that we they have the the name for the Convention next year, which will be Phoenix Fan Fusion. Right. I got that email as well. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how, how I feel about that name. It's interesting. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, I don't feel like. But, hey, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, I'm not that excited about it either. But, uh, I mean, I'm not Square. I'm not the company that puts this on every year. So, I have no say. Exactly. Uh, all right, I think that's uh, that's good enough for talking about the Phoenix fan or Phoenix Comic Fest. Let's go ahead and talk about our TV shows for this week. This week is uh, and it's once again it's a well now it's a short week because a lot of our shows have come to an end. Uh, we have the season finale of Flash Why? to talk about. <laughs> we have uh, an episode of Supergirl to talk about. We have the season finale of Krypton to talk about. And an episode of of Fear the Walking Dead to talk about. So, just four episodes. Uh, Next week, all we're going to have is... Well, we won't even have an episode of Fear the Walking Dead because they took the weekend off for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, We'll have a Supergirl episode, and that's about it. And Supergirl, yeah, just two shows? No, just just Supergirl. There isn't another show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense now. Got it. So, 
So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Supergirl from this week. Uh, the episode was called... Um, sorry. Should have had this pulled up. Uh, the Fanatical, I believe. Yeah, because we had the return of the cult people. Yeah. So, Martin Colville's... Yeah, Martin Colville's cult. Uh, we had already seen Olivia... Uh, earlier on in the season, when they were uh, when they were trying to stop the bomb in the the stadium, and uh, she has returned now, and she has become even more engrossed with the the cult, or maybe it's a new branch of the cult. This is a version of the cult that doesn't follow Martin, but more of a uh, the Book of Rao, and uh, they have a way that they are going to. I guess bring back uh, the world killers because they feel like the the end of the world is is what they need, what they want. Because cults, you know, make no sense because they always want to end the world or bring destruction to the world for whatever reason. Right, exactly. They'll never be rewarded the way they think they will. They will be. <laughs> no, 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 they won't. So, I would. How'd you have? What was your feelings in this episode? Um, again, I just, uh, was pretty much frustrated with the, um, with the drama between Supergirl, not Kara, Supergirl, and, um, oh god, and Lena. Same here, yeah. Uh, that just, that was just, I don't know, it just kind of, it just felt, uh, unnecessary. Uh, we've already, you know, had to deal with it earlier on so i don't know why they went back and revisited uh to me that made no sense and it was just uh, really annoying to hear that and you know i i just didn't enjoy that um the best moments for me uh were probably with um alex uh, martian manhunter and uh his dad and uh with with ruby those you know were legit fun moments um i just hated that stupid unnecessary drama yeah, they did this this thing where you know essentially Martian Manhunter is uh, having to deal with the fact that his father's memories is is going as we've seen in the last few episodes, and then Ruby, who um, what's uh, Danvers Alex Alex has uh, been taken care of since her mother, who is Rain most of the time, is incapacitated at the moment. Uh, it, she has really taken a shine to her, and you know she, Alex is is taking care of her like she's her own child. But when Ruby she's found helping out, yeah, with that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, when Ruby found out that her mother is really sick, you know, uh, she just kind of does not want to come out of her room. She doesn't want to leave the house. She's just gone into a depression. And uh, the idea that both Martian Manhunter and Alex have is that they, they should take their loved ones out of the house and go to an arcade. So when they get there, they don't realize that all the loud noises and gunfire or simulated gunfire and, you know, uh, blinking lights and stuff would set set off Martian Manhunter's father into a state that uh, would not be that was not good for him. But. Eventually, you got around to Ruby and him talking to each other, and it kind of helps out both of them. Yeah. Um, in the end, um, Alex, you know, forgives um, 
uh, I mean, I'm sorry. In the end, Ruby forgives Alex and apologizes for the way that she was acting. Um, then, I mean, you actually see complete happiness uh, back in Martian Manhunter's uh, dad again, since, you know, he's been in this weird confusion state, confusing state, um, and he doesn't really know what's going on anymore. Yeah. Since, like you said, his memory has been the greatest. Now, we got to see uh, Monel do some more fighting, quote unquote. Of course that meant cape tricks. that meant more cape tricks and yeah, that that became a thing more and more and man was it dumb. Uh like it, the fact that they're just relying on this so much is just pissing me off. It's just so weird. Uh the cult yeah, cuz uh, uh go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? I was going to say because um in the fight scene where the dude pulls out the gun on him, he you know, removes a gun by using the cape. Yeah, which we already saw that he has super speed, so I don't know why he didn't just use that, but hey, that's just me, I guess. Let's waste our uh, CG budget on this. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, the, we got to see Monel use so much of his actual superpowers in this episode. Uh, we saw him use some super strength with the something. grabbing of the... the the scaffolding that was falling down, and uh, what what else were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say yeah, because we haven't seen you know him use his powers in in a while or or like that before. Right, exactly. Um, so this episode also had a heavy, heavy, heavy-handed uh, race e- issue in this uh, episode because as we saw. It was a young uh, African-American girl that ran away from the cult that was stealing the book of Rao in the last episode. In this episode, she shows up at uh, James Olsen's office to ask for Jimmy to give the book to uh, Supergirl. And... uh, Excuse me. (laughs) While she's there, uh, the cult come and steal her away and... Jimmy goes and jumps into his guardian outfit, and as he chases after them, he catches up to them. He he goes after them as the guardian, and Olivia shoots him point blank in the helmet, which then blows his helmet off. Which I would go and talk to Win right away and be like, "What the fuck, dude? Uh, <laughs> you, the helmet should not be destroyed by a single gunfire, seeing as how it's protecting my head." But hey, that's just me. Yeah. They're- yeah, they're definitely going to have to uh, make some upgrades to the helmet. Yeah. So, after that, ha- oh, excuse me. after that happens, you know, they now know who the Guardian is. But then the police show up. And as the police show up, they keep their guns trained on Jimmy because he's a black man. And even though he was there to help, Yay. Uh, the white people ran away. And he has to smoke bomb his way out with the, with the girl. And, yep. from and that, he's like, oh, the real criminals are getting away. Guys, guys. Yeah, and from that point on, um, it, it's, it, his, his side of the story of the episode just all becomes about how, you know, when he was younger, this would happen to him and how it already happened to him once and his, him and his cousins. And, you know, it's it's just not right. And I agree. Things like this are stupid. It does. It should not happen. It, the you know the state of race relations in this country is not great. I just felt that they were real. They were real heavy-handed in this episode with it. Like 
the way that they try they do it in Black Lightning is just a little bit I feel like a little bit better and the way they did it in this episode was just a little too much. Yeah. And um yeah, he opens up to Lena. Lena's like, "Oh my god, that's terrible." And that's uh what after um he right uh right before he makes up his mind about outing himself as a guardian. Right. Yeah, and if not, the cult was going to do it. Right. Re- reveal him. Yeah, if they or didn't. Out him, I guess. Yeah, out him if he didn't give up the, the girl to them because it's important that they have the girl back for whatever reason. Because she was the only one that could read that book. Yeah. Um, which. Which then would allow them to possess the power of a world killer because they're ro- they had a rock or some nonsense, and eventually Olivia holds the rock, becomes super powerful, but then it burns into her hand, and Supergirl wants to try and take it off, and she can't touch it because it hurts her. Uh, they want to get the rock back, which uh, wasn't really explained. No, not not really at all. Uh, they want to get the rock back because they feel like if they can get the rock back. They could probably take the world killer out of uh, Sam, and uh, all right, that's right because they can reverse it. There we go. But if that's that's not, it ends up not being possible because uh, essentially uh, they have to. Supergirl has to use her super or her heat vision to blow the rock up to get it out of Olivia's hand. Right, and um, according to Lena. Um, the kryptonite isn't working and it's only holding, it can only hold rain back for about a couple more days. Yeah. The synthetic kryptonite is not working on her, but, uh, as you, as you mentioned earlier, there was the more drama between Lena and Supergirl because Lena developed some type of, uh, defense mechanism against Supergirl's x-ray vision. Basically, if, uh, she can put it up wherever, if Supergirl tries to use her x-ray vision to look into it, it, it does a feedback loop that eventually that uh kind of that hurts her puts her into pain and uh she yeah, said i thought you said you weren't going to make you more yeah i thought you said you weren't going to make any more weapons against me and she's like it's not a weapon it's a it's a defense and she goes well it hurts like a weapon and it's like well you know so does so does barbed wire yeah, but me. what was that what was that Oh, I said, uh, um, Lena was like, well, yeah, I'm protecting me, though. Yeah, exactly. So, so whatever it is that they're building up to for the end of the season with uh, the two of them, it's going to be uh, hopefully come to a head. Come to a head soon. Yeah, maybe uh, she'll finally push her over the edge and, you know, they'll go down the stereotypical uh, Luther route. Yeah. Uh, was uh, any uh, anything else you wanted to say about the this episode of Supergirl? Uh, the uh, the after credits thing it shows that the I forgot his name the cult leader escaped from prison. Oh yeah, um, Martin Colville. Uh, yeah, he's uh, at the lair where they found that dead body. Um, if he has a recipe to make a world killer, could he possibly make some sort of doomsday to fight you know Supergirl and Rain? Ooh, maybe. Maybe he will so become Doomsday. Uh, yeah, that's true too. That that's a possibility as well. Uh, I just you know just I just want to see I want to see them kill off Supergirl. See what see what that means. I know we need it to happen, and she'll only stay dead for an episode again. Of course. <laughs> um, but it'd be fun. 
Yes, yes, it would be. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the season finale of the, of the Flash. And uh, as we know, we are the Flash. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because that's what it meant. That it, it all led up to this. Um, okay. First thing I want to get out of the way is, hey, we have a, a reveal for the mystery girl. It comes at the very end of the episode. She shows up to the house and she says the line that she is. Uh, well, first she said, "Doesn't very, she, oh. well." First she says that this house is bitching. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that finally came back. Yeah, so I guess that was him saying, you know, him predicting her showing up, or I don't know, one of the two. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, they never explained why. <laughs> no, they never explained why. Um, but yes, she is Barry and Iris's daughter from the future. Dun, dun, dun. But it's a good thing. <laughs> and her name is Nora, um, Nora Allen, as Nora, in yeah. Barry's mother. You there? Yeah, I said Nora Allen, as in Barry's mother. Oh, okay. Sorry, you keep cutting out, that's why. Yeah, I figured. Um... So, are we going to reverse and talk about the beginning, or should we just uh, go on forward here? Well, I mean, did you have any more? Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the fact that it's her, his their daughter? Do, I mean, what do you do? You have any speculation on what that means for season five? Are they going to go to the future? Uh, they might end up going to the future. That happens in the in the comic books. You know, Barry eventually goes to the future to meet his grandson, which is Bart Allen. Uh, in, later known as Impulse, you know, a lot of people s speculated that this was going to be a Impulse character, or uh, that she was going to be Impulse character, or Excess, uh, which is Barry's or Bart's sister cousin. Um, but no, they okay. they, they kind of made up their own character of Nora Allen, who because in the comic books, Barry and and Iris actually have a a daughter. Well, they have a daughter and son. They have fraternal twins. They, they're named Dawn and Dawn, but yeah, they ended up not going that route. They decided to come up with a new character and call their Nora Allen. Uh, obviously, she has speed powers, as we saw, and we'll have to see what, what that means. Yeah. Uh, we also had yeah, the birth um, of uh, Cecile and Joe's daughter. Was it daughter? Yeah, daughter as yeah. well. And, uh, and then we saw Wally show up for the very end of the episode. Yep. Um, so her powers, or was that, uh, you know, what happened at the final minute, or was that part of Barry's powers? Um, I don't know. Refresh my memory. What you're trying to you're trying to talk about? Um, at the very last minute, uh, when they're taking down uh, the satellites. Um, you know, time gets rewound and then, um, she starts running with Barry. Oh yeah, no, that's what I, I, I think that was, I think that was part of her powers. Yes, you're right. Okay. So, um, you know, bar Allen or, uh, excess, do they have that sort of power to rewind time? Um, I mean, when you're, when you're talking about speedsters, there's always the possibility of, of, rewinding time or stuff like that bart allen had this very unique power of being able to uh split himself off and to do to do several different um 
timelines, I guess is the best way to put it. I think I brought this up before. Uh, and especially when they were, when they, okay. when they were fighting doom or not doom zoom. Uh, he, so he would, if essentially like if he saw, he, he would split himself up to do one task or another task or something like that. The version of him went, to, went into the future to see what would happen. And after, if that person got killed or what, what have you, he would, it would come back and he'd be like, okay, not, don't do it that way. So it's all your perception of what is if it was in the future or if it's rewinding time kind of thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So all right. that could that I mean obviously her the her helping in the end is what allowed uh, for them to beat the the thinker and uh, yeah. and stop the enlightenment. So uh, well, I, yeah, we'll have to see what what that mm-hmm. means in season five. Okay. Um, and do you think that? Um... Oh God! Why can't I think of her name? Um, Joe's girlfriend Cecile. is going to lose her powers. Oh yeah, Cecile. You think she's going to lose her powers? I think so, because obviously it only came about when she was pregnant. So I don't think that the her uh, not being pregnant anymore me- means she gets to keep her powers. But then again, you know, Caitlin's the 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 biologist, not not me. So we'll have to find out what that means. <laughs> Uh, All right. I thought it was funny that she ended up having to, you know, help birth the baby, um, especially since like they were so uh, dead set against it. Like, you're not a doctor. She's like, I am a doctor, though. And literally in this field, like biology. So I could deliver this baby. It's not going to be that difficult. But yeah, they were all yeah. against it. I was like, the, what's the other alternative not to have the baby? I don't think that's that's a possibility <laughs> at this point. And at that point, they couldn't go to the hospital. Yeah, so because that was going on. <laughs> um, what did you think of this episode, though? Um, I thought for a season finale, it was pretty good. But I think just it, it. I guess it was more appropriate for this season because the season's kind of been lackluster towards the end, and I kind of felt the same yeah. way at the end of for this this episode. Uh, I just feel like for our first season of going up against someone who wasn't another speedster, that they should have they should have came up with something. They should have done some more with it. Like I, I felt like there there was an opportunity to be like, look, he doesn't always have to go up against a speedster, and, and the show could still be good. And and though I think a lot of the episodes were great, it, it this the season overall wasn't so good. Um, right. Of course, we got we got yeah. Ralph back. Yeah, that was a uh, an interesting way of defeating uh, Devoe. Yeah, basically, you had to make it so that uh, Ralph believed in himself enough to be the one that was in control of the body. I guess so because his consciousness got, uh, I guess, moved over to Devoe's consciousness. So he was still alive. <laughs> yeah, like it's so because Devoe took control of the body as opposed to like everyone else, where he just took their powers. Like you know, he had to keep Ralph inside of his mind, trapped in there somewhere. So when Ralph was still there, he was able to, or uh, Flash was able to talk him into being like, "Hey, you you have control. Go ahead and take control whenever you can," and stuff like that. And he did. So, do you do you think that we, means? Do you think that means Ralph is going to stick around for next season? I hope so. He's a great addition to the team. This is uh, pretty much what the show needs. 
He was. He was. He was a good addition to the team for this this season. Um, definitely a great addition for the show. I just yeah. feel like that. And uh, he he's he. Huh. I just feel like that he's not going to stick around. I just feel like it's like uh, Julian from last season, and uh, I don't know who from the season before, but they kind of have that um, rec- track record at this point to just get rid of the new character. That is true. Um, pretty much, uh, Barry kind of killed again and, uh, they wiped the man from existence. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think the way that DeVoe had already, um, quote unquote transcended himself, uh, you know, you're never, ever going to be gone of his character, but he had already gotten rid of his own body. So technically he yeah. killed himself guess so yeah you're right um and we know now that the other metas are pretty much gonna be dead and not coming back either yeah that's unfortunate all those other people that were just on a bus one night you know all are dead now because bad luck i guess (laughs) it's okay don't let it happen just don't worry about it yeah okay um and then marlee's kind of got over her husband dying pretty quickly too. I know that he was too far gone already, but she kind of was like, eh, whatever had to happen. Bye guys. But see, I also feel like, uh, the rest of the team kind of just let her off a little too easy. I mean, she was complicit in a lot of this up until a certain point. I mean, I know at, at one point he ends up using his powers on her and stuff, but she was right there with him. Like when they were framing Barry for murder. So, uh, can we talk about the fact that they're just like, okay, good. You go and do what you need to do now. And she's like, oh, I'm going to go save the world with my inventions. Bye, guys. Bye. Deuces. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little It was a little too wrapped up in a bow there at the end. I do agree that they let her off, uh, you know, pretty easily and didn't bother, you know, to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> or say uh, anything else. So... Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where else, what else to, to really say about the episode. It was all, it was all wrapped up pretty nice. We didn't have any deaths. Um, we had Ralph come back without having to use time travel. Uh, essentially, it was all yeah. it, for me. It was just all about who, who the mystery girl was, and we found that out. Yeah, um, and I mean, the way the episode ended as well. I have a feeling that we're going to have a different Harry come back uh, next oh, season. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, our Harry because ends up... Uh, he, what, what's he, that? He, I was just going to say, I forgot about that. Uh, our Harry in this episode, uh, he ends up not dying or becoming a completely blank slate, but he also does not go back into his full-on intelligence that he had. Um and essentially everybody's kind of like oh no you don't have the intelligence that you had that was who you were and stuff like that but he's like no it's okay i'm alive so it's cool and he kind of is like all right i'm gonna go head off to earth 2 now and be with my daughter so yeah i think you're right i think we probably will be getting another another harrison next next year i wonder if we're gonna get uh harrison from the council of wells (laughs) Uh, I, you know what? I hope we don't get one of the ones that that's on the, that we've seen so far from the, the council of Wells, because I just feel like those ones are all jokey and over the top and stuff. Uh, 
I would like. All right. I would like one. You know, that's a little bit more serious. Uh, so another douchebag Harry then. It doesn't have to be a douchebag. I mean, we don't need uh, hipster Harry either. Or I guess what was that? HG. That's true. But uh, yeah. it'd be interesting. We don't need them either. I agree. It'd be interesting <laughs> if they could find one that was closer to the the version of Harrison Wells that got killed by Eobard Thon uh, on our world. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I mean. If they jump into the future, maybe they team up with the future Harry. And he at some point went from a different uh, world, I mean, universe, and he's in the future. Maybe. That'd be, that'd be interesting as too. That'd be interesting too. So we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, pretty much uh, thought it was an okay episode. Um, I, I just thought it was interesting the way that they uh, killed you know, DeVoe off, um, pretty much don't really have much to say about the episode. Yeah. Same here. So, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Krypton then. Um, this season finale was, you know, it's very, it was very interesting. So, uh, Seg, uh, gets his grandfather back the, the way that we, we said, uh, essentially when he would, he jumped or he was executed, the grandfather, what was it, Val? Valel? Valel, yeah. Yeah, when Valel was executed for his crimes of stating that there were other beings in outer space, he, uh, he fell from the platform and essentially opened up a portal to the Phantom Zone so that he would be sucked into it. And though he would be stuck in the Phantom Zone, he wouldn't be dead. So while in there, and at another point in time, they put General Zod inside there. Uh, since you don't age inside the Phantom Zone, they existed together, and Zod eventually stole the the controller that allowed him to leave the Phantom Zone. And I'm I'm guessing the 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 parts of that you know from the the comic books happen where he fights Superman and stuff, and then eventually he gets a message of you know what's happening in the past, so he goes back in time to stop certain events from happening in Krypton, but then. Uh, we see by the end of the episode that he might have had another alternative plan altogether, and it comes to fruition. Yep, that uh, pretty much Adam Strange gets teleported back to Earth, and he walks, I guess, the center of the park or whatever, or the city, and there is a giant Zod statue. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a giant Zod statue. The 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 cape uh, that was being used as a hourglass gets turned into a uh, Zod cape instead of a Superman cape. Um, we see the uh, uh, everything the, is bottled up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. What were you gonna say? Oh, um, everything is bottled up, kind of how Brainiac bottles up civilizations. And then, yeah, and, and essentially uh, the Zod makes it so that the, the rankless are no longer just uh, aimless people. Or they aren't people that don't have a purpose anymore. Now, essentially, it's a police state where everybody is kind of the cops and they're, they're going to go out there and they're going to explore the universe and they're going to take over universes as they come. And he speaks the famous lines of, uh, kneel before Zod and kneel before Zod. Yeah, everybody, everybody ends up kneeling before him. Yep, that was 
impressive as hell. And obviously, but obviously he hasn't, he wasn't wiped out of existence, meaning that uh, Seg breaks out of the Phantom Zone and still, you know, has a baby with Lyda. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't exactly know where the, the baby with Lyda is going to come from, but uh, yeah. I mean, we see that the Nissa and Seg baby was created and Nissa is holding on to it and then but you also find out that Nissa is not the original Nissa, she's a clone. She's a clone? Yeah. Yeah. She uh had a severe accident when she was a child. And her father went to Joxer and they created a, she created a science that allowed him to clone his daughter and then give him give her certain memories and stuff like that. So yeah, she is a clone. Yeah, um, so that was really, that was actually pretty cool to hear. I was like, holy crap, um, this whole episode I did not see coming, um, except for, you know, the part that even saying that uh, Val L probably jumped into the Phantom Zone uh, when, at his execution. Yeah, and, and that's in the, as you stated earlier, that's where Seg finds himself at the end of the episode. He is now in the Phantom Zone as well. Um and at one point in time, they said, I thought they said in the episode that they threw Doomsday into the Phantom Zone. But as we saw at the very end of the episode, he's breaking out of his chamber. Yeah, he was breaking out. So uh, was it Zod that said that they threw him into the Phantom Zone? Yeah, I think it was. Or maybe, so maybe, maybe it was Seg. Superman. Maybe it was Seg, yeah. Just throw, to throw him off. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, we we really don't know what it looks like on the other side of the Phantom Zone. So I, I don't know if they're, it's kind of the ones where they're trapped in no motion, or if they're trapped and they can just they keep walking around and it just looks like a dark uh, dark world or whatever. So maybe Seg is trapped in the Phantom Zone with Doomsday as Doomsday is breaking out. That's not going to be very good for Seg, but. Uh, yeah, wherever Doomsday is... That could be it, too. Yeah, definitely Doomsday is going to be a big part of next season two, and uh, we'll see what that means. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the Phantom Zone is probably like a free-roaming world, uh, maybe like a purgatory type thing where everything's just white. Because, I mean, uh, uh, Val-El did say that, you know, he betrayed... He got betrayed by Zod in the Phantom Zone, so... I mean, that's also essentially point. where they uh, they sent Brainiac too. They sent him to the Phantom Zone, so uh, you know, there's that to deal with as well. Maybe uh, Brainiac will think of some sort of technology or hack something and uh, break himself free as well. Maybe. So um, well, this was an exciting episode for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very exciting episode, and it? I think a very interesting show altogether. Uh, definitely things thrown out there that you would never expect, and and stuff like that. I mean, uh, knowing that Zod, knowing that he is both a Zod and an L put together, I think that's what helps him kind of conquer more than what was expected, and why we see things like the the S shield turn into a Zod shield. Yeah. Oh, that was such a cool promo too. Um, at, after the doomsday, uh, scene, the S, you know, turned into that, uh, Zod, uh, symbol. And then it said season two coming 2019. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. That was awesome. Uh, we want to finish up with uh, fear of the walking dead. 
Yeah. Okay, so fuck this show. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, we kind of said it uh, whenever we said it last week when we know you got a person that's essentially the moral compass. Obviously, they're not going to stick around for a while. They're not going to stick around. Uh, they're not going to be around for a while. And of course, Garrett Dillahunt's character, John Dory, gets shot at the end of the episode uh, by we- Alicia. Hello. Yeah, he gets shot in the end by by Alicia. You you cut out, so I missed all of that. So he got shot in the end in the end of the episode by Alicia. Yes, uh, I actually said the same thing. Yeah, um, because he was running towards Naomi slash Laura, and Alicia was just like no, and then just shot her. So or shot him. I mean, well, yeah, he. Sh- well, I'm assuming that she's shooting at Naomi, and then John jumps in the way. Um, I guess this has to do with the idea that whatever happened to Madison should have also happened to Naomi, and if Naomi's alive, that means Madison. It's it, Madison's dead because of Naomi, and that's why Alicia was upset. That that could be it. Because I mean. Um, at one point in the episode, um, Madison's like, "All right, uh, pull the you know the Land Rover to the back and just uh, every day just start stocking with uh, you know ammunition, guns, and food, and don't tell anybody about it." And at the end, um, Naomi uh, pulls up in that same Land Rover. Yeah. So uh, it was. I, I really hope that they're able to save him. She is a nurse. Maybe they'll be able to pull something out, but yeah, I doubt it. Um, the guy who shows up at the end, like, it sounds like Naomi was working with the vultures, though. Yeah. It definitely did sound like it because the- she radios up, like, hey, what's going on? And then she's like, oh, she's not going to um, want to hear this. And then she pulls up. Yeah. So do you think that she has been with the, the vultures this whole time? Or do you think... This is just a, a, a that, something of convenience. Maybe she, um, that was the part of the original group that she was at, um, at that FEMA station where her daughter unfortunately died. Um, you know, maybe half of them got their shit and they just took off before shit really hit the fan. Um, and that's when Naomi, you know, became depressed, left that FEMA center, um, and met up with John Dory. Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think right now it's all—it's really up to the open of, of what it could what it could all be. Uh, but as you're saying, yeah, we yeah. we did, we did get some more backstory on her because we found out that her uh, uh, her her daughter ended up coming down with uh, the flu, and she wanted to go out and buy get some antibiotics for her. Uh, so instead of, you know, just letting people know that her daughter was sick, she kind of hid her away, but it sounds like her, her daughter ended up. It was her fault that, yeah, yeah. her fault that people ended up turning in that FEMA center. Right. Because her daughter ended up dying, probably ended up biting someone. And then thus from that chain reaction, everybody ended up getting chewed on. Uh, she went back to the FEMA, FEMA center to get supplies for Madison and and that group, Almost decided to kill herself or let herself die, but Madison convinced her otherwise by also helping convince Strand that he's not a bad person, even though he did bad things. 
And Strand had to convince, you know, uh, Naomi of the same thing. Yeah, that, you know, people can change. And uh, I mean, at this point, we really don't know if people can change, especially in this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could sit there and say that Strand did change because even though he packed up that whole truck for himself... He didn't leave. Mm-hmm. Like he got he got the stuff and he and he didn't leave. He went back to the stadium. So that's meaning he changed. I don't know why Madison didn't bring that up in the first place, but but yeah. That's true. May, but maybe, you know, because he's so close to Madison, maybe he could have told Madison like if shit really did hit the fan, but like, hey, I packed a car over here. Let's go take Alicia and let's get the hell out of here. I mean, that's essentially what Madison ended up doing when, like you brought up a second ago, when uh, when they got back to the stadium, she said, hey, just take this Land Rover and, Land Rover and just start packing it up every day, like you said. So she's doing the yeah. exact same thing that Strand um, did. Yeah. And uh, we also got a little bit more backstory as to what happened after the dam uh, exploded as well. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. We had uh, some expository dialogue that just came from Strand, just straight up like, hey, this is what happened, and we're telling the audience kind of things. Like, you saved me. You jumped into the water, pulled me out, and you, you took me to the cave where you and Alicia were, and then you went and looked for Nick. And then you even went out and looked for Luciana, which was crazy because she wasn't anywhere near the fucking place anyways. So, yeah, I uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> just random found her. But, yeah, we got a lot of that yeah. dialogue of just like, oh, this is a, these are the things that happened that no one knew about yet, so we're going to just say it now kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was expecting to hear a little bit more of what was going on, but maybe we'll get more uh, bits and pieces like that later. I'm sure we will. Uh, we'll probably get a little. Well, we might get a little bit more. I think that was just their way of kind of like getting it out there, like, hey, this is what happened. Stop worrying about it kind of thing. Yeah, because this is this is where we're at uh, so now. Another thing too is, uh, yeah, and another thing too is like we know that Ruben Blades is gonna come back, or uh, Daniel is coming back. Um, so what if he has another vengeance with uh, Strand and Madison, and he's like, "You guys just left me there to die." <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I doubt he's gonna be happy about it. So uh, we'll have to see. Maybe I mean, this is like five years later or whatever it's supposed to be. You know, maybe he had started up his own yeah. little community and. And has found some type of peace. That could be it. So if Madison really is dead, what do you think that means for the rest of the future of the show? Uh, I mean, if she's really dead, then I I think the show rests on uh, Alicia's character to kind of carry it it forward. And that's kind of what they set it on, uh, set it up for last season as well. At one point, yeah, when she, you know, separated from everybody else. Yep, and found her new friend and stuff like that. I think, I think when I think if the show ends up being incorporated into into the regular Walking Dead, then I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, Alicia will be the one that crosses over with with uh, Morgan and and uh, and maybe Strand. Yeah. Have you uh, seen any of the news that's been coming out about regular Walking Dead? Well, I did see the, the, the article that you posted that Andrew Lincoln is leaving after season nine. Yeah. And then uh, there's another one that uh, Lauren Cohan is uh, only coming back for six episodes. Yeah. I, I think we talked about that a couple seasons, a couple episodes back. But yeah. So but yeah, we did get Walking Dead news. So. I wonder what's going to happen with that. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially, I think, that, I mean, it's just, you know, if they decide to keep The Walking Dead going or 
if they drop The Walking Dead and fear The Walking Dead and it becomes something else altogether, like a third show, uh, that that these are the these are the possibilities. You just take characters from from both shows and make a third show. Yeah, um, definitely though. Um, if regular Walking Dead disappears, but Fear the Walking Dead stays on, I'd be completely happy with that as well. Yeah. So. Oh, um, and I did want to add that John Dory really is an amazing shot. <laughs> yeah, he he told that dude that I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for your hand, and uh, you know I'm pro- I'm gonna hit it, but I might you know if something happens, you might die too. And he literally shoots yeah. the guy's trigger finger off. So. There's that. That was pretty awesome. It was. Um, damn. I I think they'll be able to save John Dory. I just don't know what's going to happen from here on out because um, I think John Dory is going to um, also have some beef with the uh, with you know the uh, the vultures. You, you don't think he'll have beef with Alicia, the person that actually shot him? He's a pretty forgiving man. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the the vultures end up saying and, and stuff like that. Um, the guy who was the, I mean, who we assume was the leader of the vultures. Yeah, he was with there, the one holding uh, the gun up, um, the gun up against you know Alicia when she had her gun up as well. That's what I thought. He looked a lot different in the now time as opposed to the then time. Like in the then time, he has longer hair um, and scruffier, I guess. Back back in the past. Uh, no, right now he's uh, he has longer hair and looks scruffier. Oh, okay. It just it to me it just looked it looked like a different person. I was like just had to make sure if it was the same guy or not. And like I think the way that he dressed yeah, and it, pretty much he, he dressed in the past mm-hmm. was uh, the way he dressed in the past. The past episodes when they were at the stadium, uh, it was all very um, hipster looking. So. Now it looked, yeah. he looked a lot more um, tactical. Yeah, and um, and I mean uh, he knows about uh, Nick dying, and then about you know his brother dying as well, because uh, the guy in the El Camino was his brother. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find out what what that all means. I mean, obviously they went back to the stadium at some point because. Uh, Alicia got them to leave after saying, Hey, look, we have more supplies now, so it's going to take us longer to, to, uh, to die off. So you won't be getting any of our supplies kind of thing. And he's like, okay, we're moving out, but we'll see. I wonder, I wonder if, uh, they do travel. We'll probably get a episode, which is just with the vultures as well, just to give us more backstory. But I wonder if, uh, they came back, um, and they tried to take the baseball stadium by force. Maybe Madison got in the way and she got shot and killed by a leader. Maybe. And then, and maybe, uh, Laura or Naomi kind of was like, okay, you know, you don't have to kill me. I'll, I'll be on your team kind of thing. And eventually she had good ideas. So she became a leader of their team. Yeah. Let's hope that's what happened. Yeah, let's hope so too. But uh, I really can't. I'm really worried about John Dur- Dory right now, especially since he's developing an awesome friendship with Morgan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Is there anything else you wanted to say about those episode, that episode, or anything else we talked about tonight? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Okay. If anybody else has any issues they'd like to bring up, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter as at Mitchipedia G E R. Daniel is also on Twitter as Super Commie Daniel. 
The rest of Geek Elite Radio is at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter, at Geek Elite Radio on Instagram, Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and GeekEliteRadio.com is our website. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next time, this is Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs>